there, soulmates. Well, sometimes you just got to get yourself together up <laughs> under here. If they can just see what happens <laughs> under here, I think I'm ready. Uh, plenty to discuss. We have made it to yet another Friday. Finally Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah, same to you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to tap in with our forever first lady uh, and what she has to say about marriage mm -hmm. and the black media mogul who is calling out McDonald's for racist practices. want to welcome you to Fox News Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelia Corte, plus the lawsuit against Netflix from Egyptians and comedian Speedy Caldwell. Join us later on the show for our entertainment headlines. They're the stories that impact our people. All right, we're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get a little heavy for a moment and talk about today's top headlines. Tennessee Representatives Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, along with Gloria Johnson, will meet with President Biden at the White House. Biden previously thanked them on a conference call for uh, spotlighting the undemocratic attacks on them. You remember the lawmakers led a gun reform protest from the chamber floor after a shooting at a uh, local area uh, school that killed six House GOP leaders moved to expel the three for breaking decorum rules. And after a debate, Jones and Pearson were expelled while Johnson survived. Now, the Metro Council and Shelby County Commission reappointed Jones and Pearson, and they will run in a special set primary and general election. The representatives have also met with Vice President Harris during her recent Nashville visit. Now, this visit to the White House is super significant because rumor has it that next week, President Biden may announce mm -hmm. his run for reelection likely on Tuesday of next week. And so it's an interesting choice to have them there the day before. Um, we know that uh, he called what happened to them undemocratic and unprecedented. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see to what extent what happened in Tennessee and the, the fight for gun reform and the fight for democracy, to what degree does that become the theme for his reelection campaign? I was going to say the optics are absolutely great. Um, and, and there's never a coincidence in politics. Everything is very well um, meticulously planned out. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interested to see how he possibly incorporates uh, what has happened uh, with these two, with these three representatives and the conversations uh, the, and the fallout, how he may incorporate that in his bid uh, for the presidency. We'll see. Very interesting. The former police officer, Kim Potter, who killed Dante Wright during a traffic stop by mistakenly using her firearm instead of her stun gun, will be released from prison this week. Potter served 16 months in the Shakopee, Minnesota Correctional Facility and will have eight months of supervised release. During the incident, Potter attempted to arrest Wright, who had an open warrant, and shouted, Taser, 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 before realizing that she had drawn her firearm. Now, Potter was convicted of manslaughter but received a sentence below the state's recommendation due to her clear remorse. Mm. She apologized to Wright's family during the sentencing. So to add yet another insult to, to just an injury um, that I'm sure this family is still reeling in. I mean, you know, th they can't see, you know, their son matriculate through life. He was already a, a, a young father. Um, and this is why, you know, tapping into these stories uh, is so important because this has left the headlines, but yet we still have another development where she gets to go home maybe to her young son or, or grandson and, and enjoy the rest of her life uh, with them. And uh, a, a lot of people were just questioning, you know, how as a trained cop, do you not know the difference between a taser and a gun? And, and it was at that point where they just couldn't see 
you know, past her uh, apologies to, to find it uh, as remorseful as obviously the courts have found it. It was very interesting to me the degree to with which the judge had so much sympathy mm -hmm. for Potter. Uh, the judge, you know, even said that, you know, she quotes, never intended to hurt anyone, her conduct cries out for a sentence significantly below the guidelines. And so, you know, we don't see that sort of sympathy from judges, mm -hmm. usually when we're before them. And so that really stood out to me uh, in this story. But, um, it, you know, they say she, she expressed great remorse, and that's why. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Chelsea Gilliam, she is a transgender woman who is suing the Maryland Department of Public Safety and Correctional Services over her alleged cruel and inhumane treatment uh, while awaiting trial at two correctional facilities. Gilliam's lawsuit claims that she was treated worse than an animal by both staff and inmates. The lawsuit also sheds light on the mistreatment of transgender individuals in the prison system and advocates for more humane treatment. Former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick has offered to pay for a second independent autopsy of LaShawn Thompson, an Atlanta inmate who died in his Fulton County jail cell just under sanitary conditions. Thompson's family believes that he was eaten alive by bedbugs, but the initial autopsy report came back as, quotes, undetermined. Kaepernick was disturbed mm. by the conditions Thompson and other Fulton County inmates have been subjected to and contacted civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump to help the family. The family is demanding answers for the jail to be shut down. Kaepernick previously launched an initiative to offer autopsies for police-related deaths. Yeah, he, he is just, in my opinion, the gift that keeps on uh, giving. He saw a need and back in February of last year launched this initiative to whereas uh, civil rights attorneys and, and, and folks on the side of justice can reach out to him for help uh, for further autopsies that, that may find uh, something different to uh, help the case along uh, and help uh, the uh, plea for justice. So uh, again, uh, Kaepernick staying you know, on the pulse of, of what is needed to, to bring about justice. And it's also a reminder that the system is ill-equipped to help folks that have mental health issues. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the inmate, uh, you know, s allegedly had some mental health issues. Uh, and, you know, the, uh, the prison guards, they knew that uh, when they arrested him mm -hmm. and, um, you know, didn't care for him properly. I mean, you know, for any human being mm -hmm. to be in a cell that looked like that, you know, um, you know, we really have to take a look at ourselves and why are we allowing a prison system to exist that is treating human beings as less than human beings. So whether we're talking about this case or the case before it of, you know, the trans woman, you know, mm -hmm. uh, who said that she was treated worse than an animal. Mm -hmm. She said an animal has, is given more respect than she and was she given. Was, right. and, and, and she was, you know, sexually assaulted, you know, while incarcerated uh, in Baltimore. And so, you know, we, 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 we can't just lock away the key and pretend that these folks are not human. Agree. All right, let's talk about Chandra Graham, uh, who has filed a uh, federal lawsuit against the Oklahoma County Detention Center, alleging she suffered severe facial burns while in custody. Graham claims she was held in inhumane conditions in the suicide watch wing without running water. The lawsuit names nine trustees, the sheriff, the OCDC, and a detention center officer, a mix of unknown chemicals and other substances splashed onto her face, causing these burns. She was ignored for medical uh, attention and aid. 
over 50 times while in a behavioral health unit. Former Dallas Cowboys star Michael Irvin will remain suspended from the NFL Network's 2023 draft coverage after being accused of sexual misconduct in February. An unnamed Marriott Hotel employee made the accusation claiming that Irvin harassed her sexually in the hotel lobby. Irvin denies any wrongdoing, stating that they only shook hands and has filed a $100 million lawsuit against Marriott International and his accuser. The NFL Network and ESPN removed Irvin from covering the Super Bowl after the incident. The NFL 2023 draft coverage starts on April 23rd without Irvin. I think this has a lot to do, Nicordelai, with his past, you know, maybe still haunting him. You know, he's apologized. He's done his time. He's, he's faced his consequences. He's turned over a new leaf, a new life. You often see him, you know, uh, front and center at, at the Bishop's Church in, in, in Dallas. Uh, you know, Sunday service. Uh, it appears as though, you know, his life on, the, on, the, on a better track, if you will. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I tried to fish around. Like, there has not been any sort of kind of trial. There mm -hmm. has not been any sort of kind of legal procedures to whereas, once again, in, you know, him to be deemed as guilty. Uh, you know, it, obviously the network has a choice whether to, to have him on or not. But if there's nothing really proven that he is guilty, why not let this man work? You're right. He and, is a superstar, and, NFL and superstar. These are allegations. Exactly. And how often do we see that just based on allegations, you know, people lose their livelihoods. And, have been and in some Jonathan. cases, violence ensues and people lose their lives. That's right. You know, but, uh, you know, what, what a shame here. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of people who are, are guilty of anything close to what people are accusing them of mm -hmm. uh, that then turn around and file $100 million lawsuits and against those individuals right. and their employers. He was and very so, adamant when this story broke. He was very adamant. And, you know, you see the video out now and you kind of go, hmm. You know, and you kind of wait for something more to develop. It's been pretty quiet since since now. Yeah. Um, but you know, for to them not to allow the man to work, you know, under suspicion that that something might have taken place, I think I think is a little off. Yeah. And yeah. you think it's a hotel lobby. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people walking around, mm -hmm. and so the fact there haven't been yeah. other people that have said, "Oh, I saw this," mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or or something of the sort. And so we'll continue to keep our eye on it. Michelle Obama shared her perspective on the challenges of marriage and how to make it work in a recent interview. <laughs> the former first lady who has been married to former President Barack Obama for 30 years, hello, said the commitment requires compromise and that people should not give up easily on their relationships. She was honest in saying that marriage isn't always fun. She also discussed gun violence, the importance of voting and the Supreme Court's recent decision on abortion Access. I thank my Flotus, my forever Flotus, so much for her transparency mm -hmm. and her authenticity and just her realness when it comes to, you know, being in relation with someone. It is very difficult. I'm, I'm going into my eighth month and don't get me wrong. This is, you know, this is I, I was a wife before he met me. Now I'm, I'm in the practice of learning to become his wife because now dude has been identified uh -huh. and I have to learn him and learn how to be his wife specifically. Um, but it is difficult. We come from two very different worlds. I, I got a Southern guy, a deeply rooted Southern guy with a very traditional conservative Southern family. And here I am a heathen from Detroit, honey, a slick talking <laughs> heathen chick from Detroit. So, you know, um, there's this middle yeah. that, that, that we yeah. are finding. And I see how people can give up and be like, 
hell, this, I'm done. No, I definitely but, see it. I mean, you know, we're in it to win it for sure. You're eight months in. I'm eight years in. Oh. I mean, eight years in July. Yeah. Also a Southern guy. And, you know, um, it, it isn't easy uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially when, you know, you have two folks that are, you know, career driven and, mm -hmm. you know, really value family, have good relationships with family. Yeah. And so there's a lot of compromise that happens. A lot of compromise. You know, but, but I, we appreciate her for keeping it real. I think she's, yes. she's actually saved a lot of marriages and mm -hmm. she's, I think, caused people to rethink marriage because of the transparency. She said she didn't even like Barack for 10 years. 10 years. She said for the last 20 years. And he the president of the United States. Right. I was like, why you didn't like Prince? What? And she said the last 20 have been, 20 plus have been amazing. So That's right. there you have it. She likes those odds and so mm -hmm. do we. Yeah. Still ahead, black tech professionals are getting real about the barriers they face. That's right. We'll tell you what they say is their, their number one obstacle in the workplace when we return. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. Welcome back to Fox Souls Black Report. Well, Byron Allen, founder and chairman and CEO of Allen Media Group, placed an ad in the Chicago Tribune to call out McDonald's. Yeah, he's on fire. Plus, um, they are calling it out uh, when it comes to the stakeholders. A uh, man by the name of Carl Icahn. He's being called out for allegedly committing blatant racism against black America. The ad outlined several lawsuits filed against the fast food giant by black franchisees, former executives, employees, and the black former head of global security. That's right. Allen urged Icon to fight against McDonald's discriminatory practices and join him and other investors in ending the systemic racism against black people perpetrated by the company. Very strong words mm -hmm. uh, from Byron Allen. Yeah, you know, he's been on this path for a very while, uh, long while now, um, claiming that, you know, as a black uh, media company, he really has a hard time with, with media buys. They, they don't want to buy. They, they kind of curtail him and, and short, short change him and, you know, hang ups and, and no response back. And so he's been on this tirade, justifiably so, for a very long time. And, uh, you know, to the point where there's been many a lawsuits that, that claim this, not just with McDonald's, but uh, with uh, advertising agencies mm -hmm. uh, and, and other uh, big name companies as well who just, you know, seem to not want to buy, you know, into his company or allow that company to buy into their commercial time because of possibly it being my minority owned. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. $1.6 billion in ad buys mm -hmm. uh, by uh, McDonald's in 2019, of which Byron Allen is alleging that about $5 million of that went to black-owned media. Mm -hmm. And so he's not just saying that's an issue, but he's saying that on top of, mm -hmm. you know, issues that black franchise, franchisees have, mm -hmm. have raised uh, in terms of being set up by the, mm -hmm. the uh, fast food giant mm -hmm. uh, to place them in communities that are low income or that right. are high in crime. So many other issues there. And so... I haven't seen a response from McDonald's yet. And but. he's a heavyweight. I mean, we're talking the Weather Channel. I mean, who doesn't buy commercials on the Weather Channel? And a lot of local news affiliates across the country that he owns that you would think it would be advantageous to buy some advertising dollars and promote your product, but they yeah. refuse to do so. And he, yeah. he's a Detroiter, too, and, and to watch his climb has been yeah. amazing as well. It's going to be interesting to see how McDonald's responds, but mm -hmm. more importantly, how the industry responds um, to some of the issues that uh, he's put on the table. True. Moving on here, campaigners are urging 
urging L'Oreal to withdraw its hair strengthening products largely used by black women due to an increased risk of cancer. Politicians, activists and industry experts have signed an open letter calling for research on the long term use of chemical relaxers coordinated by the feminist group Level Up. Recent research associates, associates, uh, associates chemical hair straighteners containing lye with cancer. L'Oreal denies the claims despite nearly 60 lawsuits alleging its hair relaxer products cause cancer and other health problems. The Cosmetic, Toiletry and Perfumery Association criticized the research calling the link unfounded. And you know, 60 lawsuits is nothing to snuff at. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, remember, you know, the the lawsuits against Johnson and Johnson related mm -hmm. to uh, the baby powder, mm -hmm. right? And there's a chemical in, in the baby powder that was linked to I believe ovarian uh, mm -hmm. cancer. And so, think about how long Johnson and Johnson said nothing to see here. Mm -hmm. These cases don't have any merit and mm -hmm. then look at what the results were, you know, from that lawsuit. And so, you know, um, these 60 lawsuits alleging the same thing Sure. Um, that's nothing to shrug your shoulders. And at. I know the culture gets criticized a lot for playing the race card, but a lot of times that's the only card to play. I, I liken it to, you know, the, the crack era. It was a war on drugs and, and destroy. And then, you know, with opioids, it's let's, you know, um, rehabilitate mm -hmm. and, and help. And, and provide uh, resources. Whole different you know, tone and tenor. Whole different tone and, and filter there. Mm -hmm. and, and you can't tell me that that isn't race based, if you will. Yeah, and a lot of these companies, they do research on these products, right? Mm -hmm. They don't just sort of decide, okay, we're gonna release this relaxer mm -hmm. tomorrow. There's a lot of testing that goes on. And mm -hmm. so, you know, really one of the questions that's been raised in this lawsuit is, well, what did the company know? Did they know about, mm -hmm. you know, the connection between certain mm -hmm. products and these relaxers and it's linked to certain cancers? Uh, did they know that certain groups of people, i.e. black women, mm -hmm. were at an elevated risk? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, hopefully Hopefully, um, one way or another, we're going to find an answer yeah. to those questions. But there are plenty of products now, especially with the natural movement, that don't um, have those ingredients that, that are harmful. You just got to read the label, do some Googling, and make sure, uh, soulmates, whatever you are using, um, you're not bringing any, any harm onto yourself. But, you know, I, I think that if, if those stats had to do with women of, of a different race, maybe blonde, red, brunettes, that maybe this would be a whole different argument. We sure are going to find out. I'm just saying. Well, according to a DICE survey of 2,500 U.S. tech professionals, the percentage of tech professionals experiencing racial and gender discrimination has increased. The report shows that 24% of tech professionals experienced racial discrimination in 2022, up from 18% in 2021, while 26% experienced gender discrimination, up from 21% in 2021. The survey found that underrepresented groups were less satisfied with their careers and perceived inequality at a much higher rate than others. A gap was also found between how often HR professionals and tech employees perceive discrimination as occurring, highlighting the need for organizations to create an equitable and inclusive workplace. Very interesting. My, my brother, um, the one right up under me, he is a top, top, top executive, what is that, like top 50, top 10, mm -hmm. top 20 uh, companies, and he was highly sought after, and he accepted, and, and even being, you know, highly sought after, uh, you know, a lot of um, expression, uh, a lot of things expressed to him about how they wanted to come in and help the culture, and that was a big, you know, push as to why he was hired. 
even with that welcoming, he still finds it very difficult uh, for people to buy into, you know, who he is and what he has come to do and the power, you know, uh, that he has. And, and he, he finds situations where they will still sidestep and curtail him. And he is clearly the one to go to. Um, and he is in the tech field. Uh, and so even when some of these companies set out to, to make it better, um, it's just people's deeply rooted conditioning mm -hmm. and filters that sometimes just stunt that type of yeah. growth. And it's another reminder of how entrenched racial bias and gender bias can be mm -hmm. uh, in any industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, the tech industry, compared to a lot of other industries, is still relatively young, yeah. right? And relatively white. And, so it's very, it's very different for him to be in that seat. It is, it mm -hmm. is. But with it being a relatively young industry compared to other industries, I think mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that think, oh, okay, you know, uh, if young people, you know, are at the helm, you know, then you don't have to worry about some of the. Uh, the bigotry and forms of you racial bias and discrimination that, that other generations have had to contend with, mm -hmm. not true. That's right. Not true. And so, you know, the tech industry, we can't let tech off the hook, you know? Um, and also consider, you know, if this bias is happening in the workplace, mm -hmm. how is that bias seeping into the products and technologies that mm -hmm. they're producing? Mm -hmm. well, on a lighter note, before we wrap this story up, that uh, company discount, it's something else. <laughs> Stay employed, bro. <laughs> All right. According to an analysis of prison data published in Nature, the U.S. prison population fell by 200,000 during the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the percentage of incarcerated black people increased in almost all states, reversing a decades-long decrease in the percentage of black people in the national prison population. Now, while several factors contributed to the increase, including sentencing disparities between black and white inmates. Researchers argue that society can take steps to reduce these disparities. The authors of the research say the pandemic serves as a stress test for the criminal legal system, amplifying underlying disparities. Today we have a special guest, Shanti Das, founder of nonprofit organization Silence the Shame. Yeah, with a recent partnership with Sony Music Publishing, Shanti and her organization are on a mission to break the stigma surrounding mental health within the black community and the music industry, which is where I know Shanti from. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Indeed, thanks indeed. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. So Shanti, tell us, what motivated you to start Silence the Shame and what's the mission of this very timely organization? Absolutely. So my father died by suicide when I was seven months old and my best friend passed away in 2014 by suicide. And then I came close to taking my own life in 2015. And so once I got the help that I needed, I knew this was something that I needed to really open up and share and be a little vulnerable about with my community. So Silence of Shame exists to educate and empower communities around mental health and wellness, especially the black community. One of the things that we're doing at Silence of Shame is last year in the state of Georgia, we had Senator Anderson uh, write a resolution on behalf of our organization designating May 1st as Black Children's Mental Health Day in the state of Georgia. And we're hoping to do this and take it to other states. We're the first state to ever recognize it. And with this report coming out, you know, it seems like we're right where we need to be in terms of trying to draw attention to it, being able to really increase funding at the city and state levels and the national level for Black youth, providing programs for our youth, um, and just really being able to pour back into them so that they can have healthier outcomes and not look at suicide as an option. 
Yeah, and, and, and talking a little bit more, Shanti, Shanti uh, specifically about the, the goals of uh, silence, uh, the shame, uh, in providing uh, mental health education uh, when it comes to training. Absolutely. So we do um, a lot of different trainings now for major corporations, mm -hmm. for community groups and organizations. And again, we're trying to erase stigma. I think there's still a lot of areas in our community where we need to destigmatize mental health. During the pandemic, we saw a lot of people start opening up about it. But what we're finding is even though people know the resources are there, they aren't always utilizing those resources. So we're trying to educate and empower those in the black community so they understand that getting help is actually a good thing. One of the things we also started doing was an event called Silence of Shame Sunday Dinners, where we make it a little bit more palatable. You know, come, let's have a, a good meal. It doesn't always have to be sold food, but we can have some salmon mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, zucchini and squash or Brussels sprouts, but have a good meal and, and talk about something that's really important that's going to continue to save lives in our sure. community. I'm, sure. I, I'm, I'm really hungry now after <laughs> hearing you say that. Um, you know, keeping with this idea of saving lives, you know, what advice would you give to our soulmates who are experiencing mental health issues right now? You have experienced mental health issues firsthand. Uh, you have founded this organization that is just really doing much needed work. What advice do you have for our soulmates? The first thing that I would say soulmates is just know that you are not alone. Help and support is always there. There are a lot of really great local groups in your areas that you can reach out to. You can even um, you know, go to your hospital. If you feel like you're threatening to harm yourself, it's okay to go to the hospital and tell them they need support. You can call your primary healthcare physician. There's also some wonderful groups online that focus um, from a national perspective that leads you to resources. So like therapyforblackgirls.com is an amazing organization. Also therapyforblackmen.org. Black Men Heal, CourseSilenceAshamed.com. I could go on and on. And so I'm really great to see since the pandemic that so many other African-American groups around emotional health and wellness have surfaced. And that really, you know, it's just okay to get help. What's not okay is not getting the help, yeah. right? And so everybody has a story. And so being okay with being vulnerable and knowing that it's something that we all may go through one day and it's nothing to ever be ashamed and embarrassed about. Yeah, what a lot of people might not know, we our, our, our careers crossed very early on. You were big in the record industry and you really single-handedly helped shape a lot of the careers of some of the artists we know today and who have you know, gone on to, to, to be greats. And what part in that journey, Shanti, because I remember, girl, um, <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you turn the corner and, uh, and want to shift and focus more in on you and this particular cause, um, you know, and, and did, did something aside from, you know, what you mentioned, the, the two later occurrences, at what point, because you were big in the music industry, I'm going to just put it out there, at what point did you choose to, to turn the corner and focus in on a cause like this? Well, thank you for your kind mm -hmm. words. And it was right around 2009, I was executive vice president of marketing and artist development at Universal Motown Records. Mm -hmm. And my mom had started developing dementia and she was down south. I, of course, I was in New York. Uh, my uncle passed away, so I dealt with a lot of grief that year. And then I went through some physical health issues and I just wasn't happy. You know, I'm type A personality. Mm -hmm, I found myself mm -hmm. going into the office, taking naps during the day. Totally uncharacteristic of me and what I would normally do. And so I was high functioning, but I was clearly depressed. And so I made a really tough decision to walk away and go home and start yeah. over and try to get my emotional health and wellness in order, mm -hmm. my physical health, as well as dealing with a lot of the family stress 
and trauma that I had experienced from my mom developing dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah, well, you were missed at that point, but we're glad you're back doing what you're doing now. We appreciate you so much, Ashanti Das. Yes, thank you for having the courage to share your story mm -hmm. and uh, the energy and commitment to advance your very noble mission. Shanti Das, you are an honorary yeah. soulmate. Come back again yes, soon. Thank you. And good mental health is good for the soul, y'all. So know, let's get right. educated right. and let's get the yeah. help that we need. Silence shame. Thanks, Shanti. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. And coming up, Netflix is in major hot water and is also facing a lawsuit, all due to their portrayal of Egyptians. We'll break it all down to you when we return. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. And we want to welcome you back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Nearly a year to the day after he was charged, Michigan resident Kenneth Pilone has been sentenced to prison for threatening a community with nooses and racist notes. That's right, Pallone was charged in April 2022 with six hate crime counts of interfering with federally protected activities. He pleaded guilty to two of them in December 2022. A U.S. district sentenced Pilone to 10 months in federal prison and one year of supervised release. Well, it's good to see this uh, sentence and the consequences have, have come down. A lot of times in stories like this, that they're, they're a bit fleeting mm -hmm. or, or don't really match uh, the crime or what they've been accused of doing. So, you know, this is one of those follow-up stories to whereas, um, you know, he's gonna have to pay the piper and, uh, you know, suffer the consequences of his actions. Yeah, but still, I think, you know, the consequences to me seem kind of light. I mean, when you mm -hmm. read, you know, you know, the charges, when you read what he did, mm -hmm. you know, to me, it smelled like domestic terrorism. Like, he inflicted fear, you know, in that community. It wasn't just one Starbucks. It was multiple Starbucks locations that were impacted, a number of people that were impacted, you know, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, could have gone from zero to... 105 seconds. I agree, but we're dealing with, unfortunately, in some cases, uh, with a justice system that doesn't believe that these acts are as critical or crucial as we know them to be or as we know of them in regards to what they could result to. And so, you know, t for him to have to, you know, suffer some kind of penalty um, is better than him walking off and, and people thinking or continuing to think that this behavior is acceptable and okay. Well, you know, I, I just thought uh, about equal justice under the law. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I feel like he's getting off uh, pretty light right here. Oh, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. However, he is going to have to deal with something. Mm. All right. Earlier this week in Oklahoma, the McCurtain Gazette News broke the news about County Commissioner Mark Jennings, along with three other leaders caught on tape in a March 6th meeting, making threatening racist and uh, comments about black people and reporters. Since then, Jennings has resigned from his position as county commissioner. Governor Kenneth, uh, Kevin rather, Stitt's office confirmed that. Stitt previously said that he was seeking the resignations of McCurtain County Sheriff Kevin Clardy, Sheriff's Captain Alicia Manning, Jail Administrator Larry Hendricks, along with former Commissioner Jennings. While Jennings is gone, the other three have yet to share any plans to leave. 
And this is just another example of just sort of how systemic this stuff is. Mm -hmm. You know, these folks got together and they were talking about oh, black they folks. Ball, they were talking about journalists, you know, in some of the uh, crudest terms, mm -hmm. in some of the most inhumane terms. That's right. Uh, a clear violation of the public trust, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this isn't happening someplace over there. This is happening in so many different parts of the country. And it's happening now. Yep. This is 2023, it's mm -hmm. happening now. These conversations that are coming to light are happening now. You're right. Well, moving over to Tennessee, Juneteenth will now be an official state holiday in the state. The Tennessee House uh, on Thursday gave the final passage to legislation designating June 19th as an official state holiday following Senate passage last month. Lawmakers voted 61 to 18 to approve the bill with bipartisan passage and 18 Republicans voted against it. An additional 10 Republicans were recorded as present and not voting. All hmm. right, congratulations to Tennessee. I guess they ain't want no more problems. Surprise, huh, for now. surprise. <laughs> All right, let's travel to Egypt, where Egyptian authorities are calling out Netflix for allegedly blackwashing the African queen's African, uh, Af the African queen's queen Cleopatra docuseries, that's it. Uh, it's narrated and executive produced by Jada Pinkett Smith. Cleopatra is played by uh, this lady here, British biracial actress Adele James. Now Pinkett Smith said she, quote, really wanted to represent black women in her new series. However, Egyptologists and archeologists, along with other Egyptians, have been speaking out about the, quote, completely fake portrayal of Queen Cleopatra and have actually filed a legal complaint in the wake of the trailer that was released last week, claiming that Netflix is seemingly trying to, quote, blackwash Egyptian history. Uh-oh, what say you, Nicola Lacorte, doctor? I mean, what's so interesting, you know, <laughs> who knew that Egypt had a media law uh, that was uh, against promoting Afrocentric thinking, which mm -hmm. includes slogans and writings aimed at distorting and erasing Egyptian identity. Uh, it seems like an attempt to maintain a very certain image and idea of who, who Egyptians are. You know, I've told you the story uh, 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 off camera before, mm -hmm. how in the fifth grade, I had a, a classmate that was Egyptian. Mm -hmm. uh, my father's from Ghana, and I thought, wow, it's kind of cool that, you know, both of us have parents from Africa. And he said, no, my parents are Egyptian, right? And in the fifth grade, he drew a very stark line to say, mm -hmm. uh, we ain't the same as the rest of y'all. No, so you know, I wasn't really good at math and science, chemistry, all that, but I, I loved history, geography. And if I can remember correctly, Egypt is in the continent on the continent of Africa. Am, I, am I correct? It is. So it's not too far of a of a stretch to call them Africans, am mm -hmm. I correct? But they will shut you down in a heartbeat, just like they, they shut down uh, Kevin Hart, who was uh, on his way to, to perform, I do believe. And, and, you know, he was excited about, you know, the, the, the Egyptian and the African culture. And they shut that thing down mm -hmm. because they did not appreciate him, you know, connecting them to, to, to being African. And it just absolutely blows my mind. Now, yeah. if they were in Europe somewhere, maybe in Asia somewhere, but you, you, are, you are a part mm -hmm. of that conflict 
a continent that we call Africa. But it's interesting. I mean, this has been controversial. This has been controversial for a very long time. Uh, the identity of Cleopatra has been controversial. Some people, they you were know, all a uh, you know, believing that, you know, uh, th that she was black. Other people saying, no, you know, she was Egyptian. And so, you know, listen, you know, it is it's it is a docu series. It is a point of view. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we live in a time right now where where folks are afraid to hear out or listen to or see opposing points of view. And so whether it's on the screen or it's in books, people are so eager but if you live to on say the that it has to be only one thing. If you live on the continent of Africa, you gonna be of some shade of color, period, the end. Now, you know, the, and, I, and I know, you know, look, my, my mom's side of the family, West Indian, colorism is a thing. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lighter, the better. I get it. But if you if you live on the continent of Africa, you are going to be on that on that spectrum and it's going to be something of color. Now, you can be very light like some of the Egyptians are, but you're going to be of color. And so it just blows my mind. But that's been going on for mm -hmm. centuries. Well, hopefully all the kerfuffle around this film, kerfuffle. Uh, it, it encourages people to actually watch the docu-series kerfuffle. on Let Netflix. Let me write that because I got to look that up. <laughs> oh, kerfuffle. Stop oh, stop it. Up kerfuffle. next, while she's looking up kerfuffle, kerfuffle. Uh, up next, it's a family <laughs> food hack or just a flat out Tacky incident. Mm -hmm. We'll let you uh, be the judge of this TikTok little thing that's uh, quickly gone viral. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Mm. All right, we are already on Giggle. It is Friday. We are. We love it. All right, welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Time now for our celebrity entertainment and headlines. That's right. And on Fridays, we like to have a little more fun with these stories. Yeah. So here to join in on the conversation is the very funny comedian, Speedy. <laughs> I welcome appreciate to, that. Thank you. Welcome, Thank you. sir. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to hang out with you guys. Glad to have you here. All right, Speedy, let's let's get into it, honey. These stories, <laughs> uh, we got the first one right here. That's right. Well, uh, it looks like young Miami and Diddy are no longer an item. Uh-huh. She what? confirms the news in a new magazine interview. Speedy, she said that, you know, two, you know, they were talking about how they would approach doing, uh, you know, being out in the public together with their relationship, saying that eventually people were going to find out because of who they both are and that Diddy didn't want to get ahead of it, uh, wanted to get ahead of it because he doesn't like people speaking for him. Uh-huh. She went on to say that she was well aware ahead of time of Diddy's newborn child love, Sean Combs, and she was not caught off guard and says that uh, her and Diddy are now just friends. You, you, you buying this, Speedy? You think they're just friends or? I'm not buying it, but I, it's always a problem if you're over 45 and your girlfriend's name Young Anything. Young Chicago, Young LA, Young Miami. It's, it's not gonna work out good. But Diddy, hey man, I, <laughs> I can't do Young. It's Young, Little, Infant, what's these other? <laughs> can't do it. Um, I, I think too because he had the new baby. I'm pretty sure because he had a newborn, it's gonna be hard to to, to have a relationship. And and they probably was dating when he had the baby. So yeah, and there was another young sure. lady in the mix, uh, like an IG model or something. So it was about three or four of them, 
you know, in rotation. I really thought that after uh, Kim's death, uh -huh. that you know, mm -hmm. it would kind of shift him in another direction. But he seems to be more of a of a playboy now than he was while she was, you know, still here with us physically. And and yeah. you know what I'm saying? I just so I mean to each his own. But I just thought he'd kind of you know come out of that a little. Settle bit. down. Go ahead yeah. and settle down. I feel yeah. like Diddy's always yeah. been a playboy. Yeah, but well, then, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then after, you know, Kim passed, he was just talking about how, so much regret, how he should have, you know, settled down with her mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. made things right. And so I was thinking that maybe that might be the vein that he was still in. But, oh, no, he getting it in. Yeah, sure. I met her. She's a very beautiful woman. Yeah, very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yes. All right, let's move on to R. Kelly. Uh, he's appealing mm. one of his two federal sex crime convictions. That's, that's right. The singer's attorneys argue at least four jurors. Mm. Seated in the 2021 New York case, have admitted mm -hmm. uh, prejudice, uh, prejudging his guilt, and two of them had watched a documentary series about them. Uh, they oh. also claim that the government didn't meet its burden of proof. So Kelly, as we know, uh, he's serving 30 years for sex trafficking and was sentenced to a separate 20 years in a child porn case uh, in Chicago. Speedy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Not sure where you want to go with this. We can go back to young Miami. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, R. Kelly, anytime uh, you talk about him, it, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, it's, it's a heavy subject. Mm -hmm. And and again, you want to make sure everybody has due process and that whatever the, the system, how it's supposed to be set up, that it, that it comes out equal on both sides. Mm -hmm. And if he feels like something wasn't done right and someone else on the other side feels the same way, they should be able to go back and, and just make sure it's a even playing field. Yeah, and this is a story that Speedy and Nicordelite just keeps telling on itself because mm -hmm. there's like a third yeah. installment of surviving our Kelly mm. that's out on on oh, Netflix, so, you know, a lot of people it kind of is floating under the radar because you know the the yeah. you know the the story has kind of fled the the headlines, if you will. But there's a third installment of surviving our Kelly with even more stories and follow up to the stories that we're already familiar with. So it's it's uh, and it's, I think it's tragic. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be hard to find uh, a jury that hasn't seen or mm. heard haven't been tainted so that's going to be his problem mm -hmm. is trying to find some people who don't or his lawyers trying to find people who are just in the middle and don't really know much and just want to take the evidence mm -hmm. and and do it that way but yeah yeah and and, hey, and, and 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 so is it even possible to get a fair case who knows but yeah. um but going on to amusement parks amusement parks can be pricey outings for a family <laughs> especially when it comes to ordering food but there's I one i heard about it too let me tell you about it. There's there's one food hack that's going viral on TikTok with mixed reviews. Uh-huh. The account Shay and Dream posted this video on TikTok. Uh, they came to the park with wrap presents for a birthday party, but inside, you know how we do, was some food. <laughs> Warm, home-cooked hot dogs, individually wrapped and ready to go. So this is the question. Oh, this is the question. Is this genius or is it tacky? Speedy, have, have, well, you, have you ever snuck food into an amusement park before? Are you guilty? I know it don't look like it, but I have eight kids. Yes, I have. Now, I did do that one. Eight, eight have, kids? Have, did you say eight? eight? You said eight? Eight. I said eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so, Speedy. You so for me, for me, that's excellent. I'm with it. I just don't have that many shoeboxes. I usually throw them away, but I won't throw them away anymore. But that was genius. I would do that every single time. Wow. Yeah. Well, movie definitely. That's like the ladies that go to the movies with the big perks. I was going to say definitely perks. movie theater. Yeah. Wow. 
Are you guys still talking? I'm, 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 still, I'm still taking it back. You got eight kids. You don't what are look their like age? I know. What are their ages, kids. Speedy? So, so, and, and, uh. I mean, you, you have more or less kids than Nick Cannon. Oh, less. <laughs> Le- less. Speedy um, is the comedian today, Nicole Lava. That was funny. What are their ages, Speedy? Wow. Uh, 36, 38 to 14. 38 to 14. Right. And then I have two grandkids. I have a five-year-old and a 10-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you don't look like it. You look bad. Yeah, we, t- we made a turn here. You know, little Miami is crazy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going back to that. All right, here we go. Uh, let's go to New York City. Uh, they have a new leader in in what what they're calling the war on rats. <laughs> Joyce, close your eyes. Uh, the, the mayor rats. just named the Big Apple's so-called rat czar. Kathleen Karate, a former elementary school teacher, will serve as the city's first mm. ever director of rodent mitigation. Uh, for $150,000 a year. I don't know about Ooh. that in New York. That's not that's not a lot. Mm. Uh, she will coordinate with city agencies and use new technology to reduce the rat population. $150,000. Well, mm-hmm. I, 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 I could have got it done. I could have got it done for $150,000. Me and my eight kids could have rounded them off. Though. I don't, you you would have been bringing hot dogs to everywhere you go. In yeah. New York on 150 grand. That's that's kind of not a lot for New York. But I think what they have to do first, rats come because there's trash and there's somewhere to go eat. I think you have to get rid of the trash first. And then mm. you can start to eliminate some of the rats. Now, I've met some of the rats in New York. They actually don't run from you. They kind of like, what's up? They, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they don't they, run. They look like the cousins you know. of cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that but that's a good point. Maybe the, the trash czar and the yes. and the rat czar need to really work together hand in hand. I'm hoping they do. I'm you know that how, that makes did they sense. Say how she, did they say how she got the job like was other people interviewed or she just got it? I know I know that we we talked about the qualifications uh-huh. and uh-huh. I, I don't quite remember what they were, but um, her background is education. So Yeah, that's weird. I, you know, some, is she gonna teach the rats not to, you know, <laughs> come into people's houses? <laughs> so, them rats. This is all I know. Them rats in New York, they gonna learn today. But I feel like if she got the job, she's she's qualified. You know, yeah. Well, caught on camera, uh, a man goes on a profanity-laced tirade aboard a Southwest Airlines flight mm-hmm. just because a baby wouldn't stop crying. So uh, a passenger says the plane was circling the West Palm Beach airport for about an hour before the outburst yeah. happened. That's when the baby and a man both had meltdowns. Take a listen. Oh my goodness. We are in, we are in a tin can with a baby okay. in a echo chamber and you want to talk to me about being okay? Okay, because you're, you're yelling. So That's is the baby. baby. Okay, so you're a man. Did that pay extra to you? Okay, no. So, oh, oh. you and shut up. <laughs> oh, wow. Funny, not funny. When things got heated, passengers uh, tried to help the man calm down, especially that lady sitting there holding his hand. Uh, <laughs> but that did not help. The flight attendants were quick to catch on to what was happening, and they moved the mother and her children to a different part of the plane. Southwest uh, employees gave the man two options, to get mm-hmm. off the plane or they would deboard everyone and forcibly remove him from oh, the plane. Oh, my goodness. Speedy, what say you? Uh, I've been there. I, I was mm-hmm. the kid. I had the kid that was that was kicking the back of the seat. Of, uh, oh, yeah. We we're flying. My son at the time was three. Mm-hmm. We we're flying to Seattle. He kicked that seat all the way into to Seattle. Yikes! And uh, 
The only thing he didn't he didn't yell at me, but he stared at me every five minutes. And as we were landing, my son fell asleep. So everybody was mad at me. So oh my goodness! I've been there. Well, I've well, been. I, I don't. I don't. I just think. Wow, it's because it happens all the time. Kids cry. Mm -hmm. The kids are going to cry. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I've never gotten that angry. He was. <laughs> I felt bad for the young lady by. Oh to, to this man's defense, they say that the if there is a defense, they say the baby was crying for like almost an yeah, hour. Yeah, but that's that's no excuse. Again, it's it's a, yeah. it's a kid. We're adults. Yeah. We have language. They don't. You know, um, <laughs> that that kid was probably just as annoyed uh, on that plane as as that man was, and so yeah. you know, it's an, it's a case of adults behaving badly, and you know, he was wrong for that. But at what point it, is it a parent thing where you know you're able? I don't want to use the word control, but where you're able to govern or manage uh, your child and their behavior, especially in preparation for you know a, a, a flight. I was just in a store the other day, and I could hear uh -huh. some, a, a baby having a fit. And I was way on the other side of the store, and this baby had a fit for at least at least until they left the store. And everybody was like, "My God!" So, like, at what point do you say, "Parents"? Let babies be babies, and adults. Now, you stop say that because you badly. ain't got none. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, do you I, ever see kids crying like that, and you go and stare at them? Because you know, black people, we go stare at them. <laughs> That's what I do. I stare at them. We stare at them, and you know what we say to them? Use your words. Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Speedy, we've got to ask you uh, before we go, um, and, and thanks so much for being yeah, here today. That was fun. Um, you. you know, tell us, you know, what are you doing? What's new with you? Uh, where can people uh, you know, catch you? I have a radio podcast called Roll Out Live with Speedy and Friends. Super mm -hmm. funny show. A little bit more racy than this show. Your show is fantastic. Mine's Thank a little. You. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a very, very funny show. Guaranteed to make you laugh. Uh, I usually tell people, if you have an open mind, you're going to laugh and you're going to feel good. And we're on for like four hours, but it seems like an hour. But it's called Roll Out Live with Speedy and Friends podcast. Definitely check it out. Um, yeah. Also, too, for you guys know, uh, hey, that is me. I was a lot smaller then. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> make sure you check. And also, too, shout out to my best friend going on 33 years my man, Mr. Jamie Foxx, keeping yeah. you in your prayers. He is doing better. He mm -hmm. is doing better. So, uh, un, un, you know, to the things that you may see on the internet, he is mm -hmm. doing a lot. Yeah. Well, th thanks so much for uh, you know mentioning that. You get a lot of mixed messages and and conspiracies yes. across uh, social yeah. media. I've just been trying to. We've been just trying to focus in mm -hmm. on lifting him up and the family yes. up and and good close friends like yourself up because I know it is tough. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but he's doing good, and the prayers are working. Good, are good. Working. Well, That's tell wonderful. him we love him, and when he gets uh, you know back on par, he, he better come sit right here. Cause That's we, right. We've been we've been going to the mat, going to the cloth <laughs> for, for Jamie. And, <laughs> make prayer sure closets and yes, all. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Speedy. We appreciate no, you travel you. safe, and tell all the eight babies we said hey. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, brother. <laughs> all right, hon. And Soulmates, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. You see it there. You see it there. It's our favorite part of the show. Welcome back to Fox Souls Black Report. It is Black Excellence time. That's right. We want you to meet a nine-year-old founder of the Paris Cares Foundation that is feeding the needy in St. Louis. That's right. Little Paris Williams was inspired by a character in the book when she was only five years old. Now she's running a foundation that helps the homeless. Mm. Paris takes frequent trips to the grocery store oh. to fill bags with food and 
and to date she's delivered 10 thousand meals and nearly 5,000 care packages through her foundation. She even draws pictures on the bags and leaves written messages so everyone feels special. Hmm. The young philanthropist is supported by her family, which includes her stepdad and brother. Little Paris hopes to grow her Paris Cares Foundation so that she can expand her resources to needy people beyond the St. Louis community. All right, for the full run on today's stories like that one and more, you can access Fox Soul's video on demand. You can download the Fox Soul app as well. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicole Delight Corte. From all of us here at Fox Soul's Black Report, especially on the anniversary of Prince's death, have a wonderful weekend and stay lifted. We love you. Mm -hmm. Stay safe.